Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Dating a Blink, where we're hosting Jonathan and Elle for a Blink date. Modern dating sucks, but it doesn't have to. Here on the Dating a Blink podcast, you'll listen in on 10-minute voice-only speed dates between strangers. The experience is designed to move people beyond mindless swiping and marathon messaging. Our position on online dating? It's time to stop collecting pen pals and start, oh, I don't know, going on actual dates. Online dating? That actually involves dating? Is that even a thing anymore? But for real, dating should be fun. We hope listening in inspires y'all to try new ways of meeting people. Tune in every other week to hear a new couple go on a date. In between, we'll talk to relationship experts about how the date went and what we can learn from it. Will our handpicked podcast matches find love on these blank dates? Or will they say goodbye to each other after 10 minutes and never look back? Tune in to find out. Before we jump into today's blank date, here's a quick word from our sponsors. We are here on Date in a Blink today with Jonathan and Elle. I'm going to let you two dive in, but in case it's helpful to get the conversation started, I'm going to leave you with this question. What's your most controversial food opinion? That is a very good question. (laughs) So uh, I'm still thinking of my answer, uh, but if if you don't have one in 10 seconds, I can go first. Yeah, let me think. I mean, I'm generally a picky eater, so <laughs> I think I have a lot of controversial food opinions. Okay. But I think the one I would say is like pineapple on pizza. I don't I don't get it. I I never will. <laughs> I don't know. It's like why do you have like fruit on I don't know, cooked food? I, I, the whole thing is a little strange to me. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And then would you say in general you prefer to keep your sweets and your savories separate? I think you could say that. Yes. I, I, I like to, I used to joke that I'm, this is going to sound bad, but I'm like a food separatist. <laughs> I, <always laughs> just, I like, you know, I like the fruits on one side, you know, the, you know, carbs on one side, the protein on one side. I, I don't mm-hmm. like to like mix a lot of random things together. It just, you know, it's like when you eat tacos and they're like sour cream. I'm like, why, why is sour cream on my taco? I just want regular tortillas and the protein. Like, thank Got you it. very much. Yeah. <laughs> You know, speaking of food separatist, uh, this isn't quite the most controversial one, but it uh, it kind of relates to something I personally do. Um, I'm like a literal food separatist when I eat. So uh, let's take a, a bowl of pho, for example. Um, so you've got your noodles, you've got your meats, you've got your veggies. And mm-hmm. most people, uh, when they eat noodle soups, you know, you'll like get a little bit of soup with the noodles, with some meat and vegetables. But for me, yeah. I actually eat all of my vegetables first. And then I wow. eat all of my meat, and then I eat the noodles, and then I drink the soup. Uh, so it's a little weird for when people like eat with me. They're like, "Oh, like how come your bowl still looks so full?" And then I have to explain that that's how you eat. <laughs> with uh, like potlucks. Um, I don't know if uh, you've been to a potlucks. Obviously, since uh, the pandemic started, because you know we're right. all trying to. We all have different levels of comfort with meeting people now. But uh, back when potlucks were a little bit more popular. You get all your different dishes. Most people, again, sample a little bit of each. But no, I, I like eat, again, all the vegetables, all the meat, and then I end with like the rice or the noodle dish. Interesting. Is it, are you doing it in like any particular order? Is it on the order of like your least, on your, I guess, least desired food group? Yes. Uh, I think it stemmed from my childhood of wanting to uh, get rid of the food I disliked first so mm-hmm. that I could of the meal whereas i think most people i think growing up would prefer to you know eat the stuff they like so that it can power them through the stuff they dislike um 
I've always tried to take what I dislike about life or I guess like the sucky parts of it, uh, suck it up, power through, and then that way it's already dealt with. Um, and that's kind of how I view life in general. That's awesome. Like that's, that means you're like very productive. I, you know, you always hear people say that when it comes to like anything you do for work or your projects, it's like do the hard things first uh, and then just get them over it. That way you can focus on other stuff that maybe you're more interested in or puts you in like a state of flow or things like that. So it seems like it's applicable in many aspects of your life. Yeah, it's it's worked for me so far. <laughs> That's awesome. um, I kind of switching topics a little bit. Uh, for me, uh, I'm I'm someone who's very curious about things. So uh, I'm gonna just ask you a random question and then uh, see if you'd be willing to answer it. Sure. Uh, so uh, the question that I have for you would be, if you could see a number above people's heads, like you know, you're just walking around and. Boop, a number of peers above their head. What would that number represent? Hmm. That's a good one. Ooh. It's okay if you need some time to think about it. I can go first. Yeah, I need some time to think about it. Why don't you go first? (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So for me, the number that I would want to appear above their head is kind of a measure of how happy they are with their life. Mm. For me, I, I'm i not sure how big you are into personality tests or personality like identifier things, uh, but I recently took a uh, test for the Enneagram, which is a personality kind of marker, um, mm-hmm. and I tested as the uh, helper uh, type of personality. So I really enjoy uh, empathizing with people, kind of seeing what I can do to be a helper in their lives. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, as I was reading the description, I felt that it was very applicable to who I am as a person. And so I feel like if I could see uh, a number above people's heads and figure out how how well I can assist them to kind of lift their spirits, just because, you know, uh, the world has not been the kindest uh, as of late. Um, I think that would be mutually beneficial for both the person I am helping and for me to know that um, I'm making a difference in the world, even if it's one person at a time. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, that's so good to, to hear that. Um, yeah, I've never, I've taken the Enneagram. I think I took it a long time ago. I need to retake it just to see if anything's changed. I don't even remember what I was before, but that's such a good like insight that you mentioned and the number of what you want to see. Uh, I think similar to you, I may want to see their number for that particular day or period. Because I know you said happiness. I do think happiness varies each day and each hour. And so if you saw them yesterday, it could be a high happiness number, but maybe the next hour they might not be as excited so I think in that moment I'd want to see what their number is and how they're feeling and their mood that way I can sort of know how to adjust or um, adapt my behavior to them Um, I think I'm very adaptable in general and so I always find that you know sometimes people are not in the best mood and so I have to adjust how I approach them or you know just you know not be a little not be insensitive there so it'd be interesting to see like in the moment I'm interacting with that person what is that number uh, and how can I adjust my behavior to make sure that, you know, I'm also having a little bit of empathy towards them, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, find it quite admirable that you are an adaptable person. Uh, I find that most people, uh, in at least in my own life experience, uh, tend to become less adaptable as uh, they grow up. Uh, you become mm-hmm. more stuck in your ways. You become more firm on your beliefs and values and that uh I think it's good to have strong beliefs and values, but more of that, uh, most people 
begin to uh, not think that they can be wrong. And I think yeah. um, for me, I uh, so I went to school for sociology. And mm. one of the things that we learn is that uh, society and people in general are very malleable. Um, and so mm. I think that's kind of helped me to have a better perspective on understanding that, hey, like, doesn't matter if I'm, you know, living 30, 40 years, uh, if I've lived through a lot of historical events, um, mm. I need to allow myself to know that I can always be proven wrong in something. And I think that's helped me in my sense to learn to be adaptable. But I don't know if I'm like at a level of being adaptable yet that I would necessarily uh, attribute it to myself. No, that that's awesome. That's a great insight. Uh, no, I agree. I think sometimes I could be a little too adaptable. So I'm actually working on, you know, <laughs> how to be not so accommodating and adaptable all the time. Uh, but I think for me in general, like I'm not, I'm honestly, but you know, I have my beliefs and I have my values and things that I wouldn't compromise on. But when it comes to like things that I don't think are that important, I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> this is not the hill I want to die on. So if you, if you, as long as it doesn't compromise my values and morals, I'm happy to sort of, you know, hear a point of view, change my mind, or, you know, if you really want to go to a particular place and I don't really care for it, I'm like, yeah, it'd be a good experience. I'm happy to just go and check it out. Like, what's the harm in that? As long as it's not, you know, obviously putting anybody in danger or harm. Uh, and so I, I tend to not, you know, things that people, uh, I guess, get upset over, I just tend to kind of see the bigger picture and I'm just like, this is not the most important thing. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. So that's fine with me, sort of thing. Uh, and it's not always the greatest thing, I think. Even, uh, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to also find that balance between being adaptable and accommodating enough, um, but also, you know, not doing it all the time and finding where's that line and that balance uh, for myself as well. Yeah, I think uh, life is constantly a work of uh, continuing to polish and fine tune uh, mm-hmm. what makes us. Um, I know we've both talked about a little bit about, you know, like. Uh, understanding people as well as kind of understanding ourselves a little bit, uh, which makes me want to ask this other question. Um, We've kind of touched a little bit on it, but I figured it'd be cool to just dive deeper into it a little more. Um, Would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I think a lot of funny people are smart. And so I would say like funny, but I do think funny, I have to add a, I have to add a caveat here. Funny sure. with the ability to read the room. Because I do think that not everything is funny. You don't have to come in cracking jokes all the time or trying to make light of a situation or find the humor and everything. So funny to lighten the mood when you know it's going to bring people's spirits up. But if something serious is going on or something um, is, is happening, then I think just, you know, no need to be funny there. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> And, and just adapt it there. So I think I think people who are naturally funny are actually really smart. So I'd say funny because it also indicates that you're smart. But that's just my own bias. I could be wrong. What about you? Uh, I would agree similarly to you. I would choose to be the funniest person in the room. And I think for <laughs> me, it uh, kind of splits between two types of funny. There's quantity funny, like you yeah. are consistently throwing out jokes or humor. And there's quality funny. There's the type of jokes or moments that you just strongly remember at it like makes it into best man speeches or made upon her speeches. At this point in the day, I jumped in to let them know that their date had ended and let them say their farewells. Jonathan and Elle's conversation explored so many things. 
They started with food and dove into happiness, empathy, and adaptability, and then pivoted to whether they'd prefer to be the funniest or smartest person in the room. Despite the brevity of the date, they shared some pretty introspective things about themselves. Do you think Jonathan and Elle will go on a date and explore some of these topics more? Join us next week, where we'll talk to an expert about the date and reveal what happened. That's all we've got for you today. Shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at TheBlinkDate or at DateInABlink to let us know what you think. If you want to try Voice First Speed Dating from the comfort of your home, download the Blink Date app today. You can also sign up to participate in Date in a Blink by visiting our website at www.theblinkdate.com. In the meantime, thanks for joining us for this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to talking with you again next time.